2: This
3: is the main event. A
0: oh, bonus! <laughs> <Good. Yeah. laughs> Throw me a freaking bonus here!
1: This is your main event. Mark's podcast bonus edition brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and unofficial member of the Adams family, Troy. With me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Fatu to my buddy Jack. He is Greg. What's up, Greg?
0: (laughs) What's up? Finally, in a good one.
1: (laughs) I was going to, well, in the shows we're about to cover, uh, during his promo, he's with Samu, but I'm like, yeah, I'll step it up and give you Fatu. I, did, I This is a weird kind of sidebar here, but I, I mean, this is kind of on subject. Uh, did Samu do anything after the SST?
0: Oh, he went to be the head shrinker, so...
1: was it? Was that with uh, the Tongan kid, or...?
0: No, oh, the head shrinkers were him and Rikishi.
1: Oh, yeah, so, so that's still the SST. Technically, I know a different name, but it's like...
0: Yeah, and then so he I'm... leaves, and then... Sioni comes in. That's the barbarian.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Who's not Samu, by the <laughs> way.
1: Oh, he's. What is he, Tongan? Or? I
0: believe he's Tongan, yeah.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, so. Uh, oh, god dang it, pal. We got to rebrand the barbarian. That's not cool enough, damn it. <laughs> well, they, they should have brought the barbarian back, as, you know, and, and he, he brings us the barbarian experience.
0: Oh, no, thank you.
1: No? Oh, come on. Uh, as far as I know, the barbarian experience is getting your nose bit off in a bar fight, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then he eats the I don't the think maze. I want
0: that. Man. I'm good.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pass on that one. But anyway,
0: that's enough for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, a little, uh, a little pitchy with the nose. I'll get you a high the, pitch right there.
1: <laughs> what the f? I don't even know where to go with that one. But well, we're gonna try to pick it up. <laughs> Today is a different kind of bonus episode, but that's what these are for. We're covering not one but two shows from world class championship wrestling one from the year 1986, and one from the year 1988. These are not far off in the way the business is. It's just like one is further down than the other one. Sure. Yeah. And neither show, well, I'm not going to give it away to to begin with. You know, stay tuned. I will say this is going to be a news-heavy episode because how we normally do news, show, and then wrap it up, We're going to do news show, news show, and then tell you what's to come, you know, in the coming weeks on the podcast. So this is going to be a little different. But like I said, that's what things are, you know, these bonus shows are for. And it's a news heavy episode with there's a lot going on in October of 86 and October of 88. Uh, Not so good stuff necessarily for uh, world class, but eh, whatever. And. As far as I remember, you and I have never covered a world class show, have we?
0: Um, can we do that knowledge. pay-per-view? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean if you want to if you want to qualify uh Super Clash as that, yeah, I need mean, it, it was, yeah, kind it of was a, a crossover, joint, right? Oh. Yeah, it was like a a joint venture. Clash, the Super Clash is categorized I think under AWA, but yeah, like you pointed out, it is a uh, kind of a joint venture. But yeah, this is the first official world-class championship wrestling show were, like, just by themselves we've covered so far. Um, And we got to get our facts straight, man, because, you know, somebody might track us down on social media.
0: Boy, is this company, too, man.
1: I underestimated—you know, I was thinking about this. I was going to say I underestimated how much the Von Erics apparently mean to people, especially in Texas. But on the flip side, if they mattered that much, the company wouldn't have went out of business when it did.
0: Yeah, okay. Hank, oh, you keep correcting us. Where's your podcast about the Vaughn Erickson?
1: Yeah, right. Well, how dare you not know the youngest child's name when he died? Like, for God's sake. Like, if there is a world-class championship wrestling uh, documentary. It's very good on Peacock right now. And then there's the Dark Side of the Ring episode on the Vaughn Erikson. If you want to know those, like, specific facts, go for it. If anybody tracks down one of our most viewed videos, it's a clip of us talking about Carrie Von Erich's death, I believe, on uh, yeah, on uh, on our YouTube. Like the facts about the story are correct, but some of the facts that we have in, or some of the things we say in there, it's just us spitballing. It's like, well, didn't this happen or didn't that happen? And we're kind of like going back and forth. It's not us saying definitively this is what happened.
0: It also needs to be said that we didn't really prepare to talk about that because it was just a news story. Right. that's my favorite part is like it's just literally plucked out of a story that you put on you uh, out of a show that you put on YouTube not a Von right show not a WCCW show not a Texas show just a show and he happened to be in the news yep and we got a flame for it I think you'd only hold validity in, in complaining about our quote lack of research if we made it all about him and we didn't so right and, the, you and know, maybe the check record, your facts
1: well and for the record all the facts about his death were accurate. I know somebody tried arguing argue with me about that too. They're like, "Well, he didn't do whatever." And I'm like, "Okay, everything you're saying, like I've seen all the stuff about the Von Erics. I've heard people talk about it. Everything that you are disputing was never said in any of that stuff. So either you're making it up or, you know, you think you have some kind of knowledge that hey, other My people
0: uncle don't. in San Jose told me.
1: Yeah, right. So it's like whatever. God, I hope I don't it's, see him this week. What the hell? Uh, but anyway, so We'll try to be, you know, super accurate with all this stuff as much as we can. But again, I'm not a news reporter. Greg is not a news reporter. We're literally pulling these stories out of uh, news and rumors from uh, three decades ago, almost. So at
0: this point, you're not even a thought and I'm two years old. So get over it.
1: Yeah, right. So anyway, let's get into it Uh, real quick. I'm going to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your officially licensed sports gear over at fanatics.com. The link, our special link is down in the podcast description. You're going to want to click on that, but uh, you know, it's that time of year, man, where Christmas shopping is happening. You're going to want to go and get some great stuff, whether it's, you know, hockey's going on, basketball is going to be starting up here. Uh, you got football, there's esports, you know, are year round, everything else under the sun. You can go over, to fanatics and get all of your officially licensed sports gear there and let them know that the main event marks and unhinged sports network sent you. We are also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That's all one word for 15% off your order. And speaking of Christmas right around the corner and wanting to do some shopping, well, go to our merch shops, man. We just opened a bonfire store as bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main dash event dash marks. We also got the link down in the podcast description and that one. You will see all of our great merchandise. We've got our logo and the special breast cancer awareness month logo on multiple pieces of merchandise, be it shirts, hoodies, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, you name it. We've also got that logo on other items over at our uh, Redbubble store. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash made event marks. And you can get hats. You can get stickers. You can get shirts. You can get mouse pads, whatever. Masks. We've got a ton of stuff over there tons of different merchandise for you to check out if i do say so myself it's all pretty cool so go check that out and uh yeah it's like i said links are down in the podcast description and show us some love man and rock some main event mark swag but now that that is uh you know we got all the all the plugs in all the holes are plugged and and whatnot we uh hell yeah we're going to take our first break. When we come back on the other side of this, we're going to dive into the news and notes from October of 1986, right after this.
3: Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod.
1: Get ready to rumble. In your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main dash
4: event dash marks.
3: Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show.
1: And we are back. We're back. I know we're about to dive into the news and notes here, but real quick, I want to tell you that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeet moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y. U P P O D to save yourself 10% at checkout. Our first story here, the big story of the week is of course the horrifying car wreck involving Magnum TA that ended his career and nearly his life. He was, now,
0: was it a car wreck? I thought it was a motorcycle. I mean, not that it makes any difference, but
1: see, that's what I thought too. I always got confused, but in the story here, it says he was in critical care with a broken neck and paralysis from the chest down after crashing his Porsche at 55 Jeez. miles per hour. Yeah. Or poor I mean, yeah, it depends damn, on the kind of road he that. was on. Yeah, it, it really depends on. Wait, am
0: I going to get in trouble for not knowing all this? Sorry. OK, I had to get outside.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it depends on road conditions, where he was, how he crashed, if he was wearing a seatbelt, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, the simplest things like we talked about, sometimes it it doesn't sound bad or doesn't look bad, but then it's like, damn. But apparently he was surprisingly calm through the whole thing and talked with rescue workers the whole time uh, without losing consciousness. He wasn't expected to live, but had been upgraded to serious by two days afterwards before falling back into critical condition again and needing life support systems to continue. The hospitals have been flooded with flowers from teenage girls, although Alan is taking it remarkably well and seems happy to be alive. Doctors ended up having to take bone from his pelvis and put it into his neck with hopes that he'll walk again someday. Wrestling is out of the question, of course. That sucks.
0: I've heard Rick yeah. Flair say numerous times he was going to be the next huge guy. Oh, yeah.
1: Way. Everybody said that was Dusty's project. Like, he was looking at Magnum TA's like, you know, we're going to build you a real good kid. You're going to be the next big thing, baby. You're not going to be as big as Big Dust, you know what I'm saying? But you're going to be right there. Behind
0: well, no one's going to be as big as Big Dust, but...
1: Uh... <laughs> wow. Um... You'll be you will be my number two, baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be Batman. Uh, you will be Robin.
0: <laughs> I look at, I look at Hangman Adam Page. as, like a current day version of him.
1: Yeah, I could, uh, I could see that. It's just, I, I mean, he does. I believe he, yeah, he, he, he does walk again. As far as I know, he, you know, uh, he was on gonna, his
0: feet at a WrestleCon when I saw him. So I don't know if okay. he's walking. Was just being assisted. I saw him standing though. Know,
1: Sure right now. Yeah. Right now, every time I see him, he's in like a little he's got like a cart thing. Yeah. So, he, so he I mean, I'm exactly, not saying
0: he can't walk. I'm just saying I saw him standing. He might have been being assisted. And I didn't see that part. I don't know. But
1: well, I'm pretty sure. Well, now, yeah, because he's older and in bad shape, obviously. But I think back then he did end up walking again because uh, he was an, an analyst for NWA after this. He did, like, uh, interviews and commentary and stuff like that, and I believe he was walking around then. So, as far as I know, he did walk again, but he was never able to wrestle. That's one of them figures, by the way. I never did get the Magnum TA, and it's probably hard as hell to find now, isn't it?
0: It's a little easier than you would think. Hmm.
1: Oh. Maybe I'll have to look into that sometime soon, so. And this sucks because, like, well, I mean, obviously it just sucks on the face of it, but... I mean, you think, was it Sarkate 83 or 84, where he had the I Quit match with Tully?
0: I think it was 83. I, I think okay. that was uh, that match, the dog collar match, the cage match.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know,
0: Eric Bischoff's dream card, nothing but gimmick matches, so yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, 85. 1985. It was... Oh, that was think...
0: the year Marty went back to the future.
1: Wow. Uh, but yeah... Because that was the second to main event match, and '85 they split it between two venues. They were in the Greensboro Coliseum and the Omni. And the last yeah, but were two... they
0: different time zones? Nope. What is that? Two? Eh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Dude. I get confused where the cutoff is with Jordan. Uh,
0: I never got that time zone thing either. But
1: what the hell? Well, got it in. Good grief. Well, hey, if you were in Greensboro, you got Magnum T.A. versus Tully Blanchard in an I Quit Steel cage match for the U.S. title. If you were in that's the Omni, what
0: confused me. It was in a cage. Okay, see, that's why I threw right. the cage match. In. Okay, I remember it now.
1: Close enough. Yeah, uh, but if you were in the Omni in Atlanta, you got to see an arm wrestling match between Superstar Billy Graham and the Barbarian.
0: Why is it the second time he's come up now? <laughs>
1: I don't know.
0: I don't know, man.
1: And I, you know, I, I threw we, that in there, I, I That was the, all planned,
0: by the way. I just want to put that right.
1: Out. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is, uh, I threw that in there cause that's the worst looking thing on the card next to the Mexican death match between Manny Fernandez and Abdullah the butcher, but you know, whatever.
0: I don't know how the hell you think that's bad. That's five stars right there, man.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and you know, Jimmy Valiant and miss Atlanta lively, Uh, taking on the Midnight Express in an Atlanta street fight. So, uh, yeah. Miss Atlanta Lively. uh,
0: Well,
1: Miss Atlanta Lively was apparently uh, Ronnie Garvin in drag. So there's that.
0: What? Really? (sighs) Yes. Wow. You know, it still amazes me when I learn something new on this podcast. I never knew that. Well,
1: and you know. We're
0: just uh, going to not make any stereotype because I think he's French, right? No jokes, uh, though, folks.
1: A uh, French Canadian, all right. It doesn't count. <laughs>
0: uh, well, you know. You sound like San Francisco. Yeah, I can't. It doesn't count.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: hey, Dusty I have Ro- no problem with the Canadians. Okay, I love hockey. So.
1: what? Yeah, you do. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair did uh, main event the Omni card, though. I know, shocker, but. Going a year ahead in time, Starcade 1986 is coming up next month, and it's still not clear what's happening with it. Apparently, there was some kind of stipulation. Hold on,
0: now clear to the audience or clear to idiot Dave? Apparently,
1: clear to uh, to anybody, apparently. So I don't know. Because he puts in here, apparently, there was some kind of stipulation match between Magnum TA and Nikolai, or Nikolai, uh, Nikita Koloff. But that's out the window, and obviously the main event is going to be Ric Flair versus Ron Garvin. But the co-main event. I is think
0: it would end up being that.
1: Uh, I, I know it headlined a Starcade. That's why, because I think I the I just story... remember
0: like everybody crapping on like, why the hell was Ronnie Garvin ever a champion? Like apparently that was a mistake. I don't.
1: Yeah, he was because I... he was there, I guess. But no, this was not the year Ric Flair took on Nikita Koloff for the heavyweight title in the main event. Oh, There's another
0: wtf from everybody apparently i don't know i never hated him but apparently yeah. i was like why the hell is this guy a main event because god dang it pal look at him i don't know <laughs> look, look at him daddy he's vascular
1: yeah <laughs> that's what somebody else baby, the russian gonna stay right with you that
0: <laughs> <But>, Russian.
1: <laughs> i know the fake russian but the co-main <laughs> event is rumored to be a scaffold match between the midnight express and the road warriors and uncle dave commented quote why would you ever agree to be 16 feet up in the air alone with the road warriors? All right. He's uh, got you
0: there. Jim Cornette broke his kneecaps. Is that the one? Mm, pretty sure that's no, the one.
1: I thought it was the, I thought it was the original skywalkers match with, I thought it was the midnight versus
0: the rock uh, and roll. I, I, I thought know. it was, I don't think it was the rock and roll. I think it was the LOD. I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, no, road warriors, it. Whatever. But um, I forgot they've done this a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. None of it holds a candle to the, the Kidman and Medusa against uh, Tori Wilson and Shane Douglas one, right? I mean, that was no, the for one.
1: God's sake! I don't even remember that. Thank God.
0: We reviewed it. It was on the show.
1: Oh uh, yeah, we show, well,
0: or, I mean, uh, no, uh I think it was.
1: We talked about it. We never did actually review the show. Well, so no, that's a that's, a
0: that's a that's hint. Don't worry, we'll do it next year. Pencil in for yeah, May. Make am making no. an executive call now. We're doing it.
1: Please, no, God. <laughs> Uh Yeah, so the this was another one apparently split between two venues, same two venues, because it said uh, switching between shows allow, allowed the Atlanta crowd to watch the Road Warriors wrestle Midnight Express while the Steel Cage was set up for the Greensboro Coliseum main event between the Rock and Roll Express and the Anderson Brothers of Arn and Oli.
0: Rock and roll, rock and roll. They still do that crap, dude. <laughs> really? Oh man! Well, really hey, you know, real quick, real quick, at an APW show I went to before the world went to crap, um, they were like a headlining attraction against like the local tag team, local top tag team. Like, I, I mm-hmm. no one would even know who they are. Anyways, <laughs> I swear to you, dude, uh, Ricky just sat on the apron the whole time, stomping his feet, clapping his hands, saying rock and roll. And even when he was down on the mat during the match, just kept doing that. Wow! Like that's his way of getting around. Hey, I'm old as hell. I can't wrestle anymore.
1: Well, hey, man, apparently the part of rock and roll is still beaten, So good for them. You like what I did there? Huh? Slipped in a Huey Lewis reference.
0: (laughs) Nah, Huey Lewis. I said Skinner. I suppose.
1: How (laughs) dare you? God dang it. There's a certain there's a certain uh, guy that we recently hung out with that would take exception to that. But anyway,
0: (laughs) I prefer Skinner over Huey. I mean, I got to be honest, but.
1: Wow. I've seen Huey Lewis in concert. Never seen Leonard. Leonard Skinner. (laughs) Either way, speaking of old Uncle Dave and his opinions.
0: Keep it moving Uncle, here.
1: Uncle Dave was not impressed by the make it look good skit where Dusty had his arm broken. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. OK, uh, he notes that.
0: Dude, videota- I, I mean, I remember seeing like a clip of that, in like 88, 89. when I was like five years old. It's a my brains out. <laughs>
1: wow. You like Dusty that much? I did. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he notes that videotaping a violent crime against someone and broadcasting it on national TV is how most people would end up behind bars. Well <laughs> damn it well damn it, D- Dave, now you're just using logic. Like you can't do that, man. Who who was it that attacked him? Was it Oli and Arn
0: I think it might have been Yeah, I know it was the horseman. I don't remember which two. I think Arn was definitely one of them. And I don't know if it, it was Oli or or Tully, but yeah. <laughs>
1: well oh, what 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 is it with uh, Arn Anderson breaking arms with car doors, man?
0: That's his thing. Yeah, I guess. I think a guy who's called the Enforcer would do it himself with his bare hands. You know, it kind of like takes away from (laughs) it. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's just me.
1: By the way, I don't get the reference, um, but apparently that was a Marlon Brando reference when he said make it look good or make it good, whatever.
0: Uh, Maybe they meant like make. Maybe it's like a Godfather thing, make it make it look good, and like they didn't do it intentionally or something, or.
1: Yeah, well, c- because apparently people thought that he like was giving stage directions, and they were like, well, they, you know, like out loud, he's like calling spots during a pre-tape promo, like, yeah, because they would be that effing stupid, uh, and it's like, no, it was apparently a reference to uh, a Marlon Brando movie. So.
0: Yeah, because you know this thing is probably heavily edited, and so it's like, how would you miss that?
1: Yeah, well, it's like you could at least take the sound out of it. <laughs> so yeah, it's right. like if he's like out loud, at it, like he looks dead at him and says, make it good. Like, uh, I don't know. I He wouldn't be that stupid.
0: I know somebody who would. What the hell? Uh, it, it We've just seen says, this on Russo shows, dude. We've talked about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, OK, so it just says the horsemen. So it might have been all of them. I, but I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to find One Eyed Jacks.
0: One Eyed Jax, jack- Suicide Kings. That's wild. What the hell? Jim
1: Duggan appeared to be a lock to lead, to head to the WWF last week, but now it seems like his mind hasn't been made up yet. Bill Watts desperately wants to keep him because of the national expansion plans. Oh, yeah. God dang it, we're going national. We need Duggan. <laughs> Wow. Oh, uh,
0: man. That one really <laughs> got me.
1: I, I don't know what to say about that one. He was going to be uh, their Hogan, man.
0: Bet you AEW would consistently be above $2 million if they had Duggan on their roster, man.
1: Oh, an oh, in-prime Jim Duggan? Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, there are no. people that get legit offended at us when we take shots at him. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, i gotten a couple of messages. I appreciate the hate you give on Jim Duggan. That's an American icon. He still sucks. <laughs> like uh, Are you telling me that an American icon is anybody that holds a American flag and chants USA and sticks his tongue out like a raging lunatic and
1: has a wall Can't
0: can't formulate a sentence to save his life. That is an icon, really?
1: Apparently for what I s speaking of his eye, apparently that was a legit thing. Because
0: I can take I, that equation. That's not there's, you know, I'm not poking fun. At yeah, that, but
1: well, I, I know. But it just that was one of his his signature looks was the, the walleye. And but the thing is, like, he didn't he said in interviews, apparently, where his dad used to like go off. And he's like, quit giving me the quit doing that with your freaking eyes. He's like, I don't even know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. So I, just, uh, I
0: never I don't know. He was a kid. I was just like, OK, I mean, kid, I, I might like, have cool, liked but, him. I can't even remember, but uh, it's like, it was so Blah. As a know kid, I a the Bushwhackers, too. I never got him.
1: Yeah, the Bushwhackers was like, eh. The, the uh, Doug and I thought it was fun as a kid. The older I got, I was just kind of like,
0: eh. Yeah, right.
1: The strip mining of the Montreal promotion continues as now Dino Bravo has been taken by the WWF in a package deal with the Can Am Connection and Frenchie Martin, who, by the way, is actually Rick Martel's older brother. Did you know that?
0: I didn't until Dark Side of the Ring.
1: I didn't know that either. I was like, uh, well, I don't. They said on there that Frenchie Martin was his older brother. I'm pretty
0: sure, because I feel like that's when I learned it. So,
1: wow. Yeah, I texted somebody when I found that out. I was like, dude, did you know? <laughs> I don't think it was you because I wanted to save it for the podcast, but I was just like blown away.
0: What was the Can-Am Connection again? It was Martell and was it? Oh, shoot. I think it was. Uh, was it Jim Powers?
2: Mm. No, he was with
0: Paul Roma. Or that you name know, that team. Damn. Oh, man.
1: Paul Roma, man.
0: Paul Roma and Jim Powers, dude.
1: The Can Am connection. Let's that see. Was,
0: was Tom Zinc. Tom Ah, I knew it was one of those WCW guys. The Z Man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They look like they could be related, actually. Like, if you really look, it's like. Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah,
1: yeah but. Zinc had a hell of a tan, pal. Hold
0: on. I got I to gotta see something. Now, this is going to drive me nuts. I need to know right now hold on. what the name of that team but, was
1: who are you thinking of powers and
0: Jim powers and, and Paul Romo to hell? Uh, you know that
1: power power and glory no that was or no that was him
0: and Hercules
1: yeah pretty no not pretty wonderful shoot damn it I know it the young
0: stallions yes young stallions yes that's, that's it, it boom wow there's been some really stupid name tag teams <laughs> like oh, we just named them all off by accident
1: yeah right Us <laughs>
0: Steve DeSalvo Dude, is also... they all cars, man. That was an amazing theme, man. Oh, yeah. That.
1: Yeah, it's right up there with, you know, anything Derringer put out. So, you know, that's great. Uh, Steve DeSalvo is also part of the deal, but he'll be sent to Dallas to learn how to work. Good do Lord. We, do we know who that is? Ah, uh, God dang it. Uh, just... Uh, I don't think he freaking... Yeah, because I'm looking at his multiple, many, many...
0: um. <laughs> Names throughout the years. Like, I can just—it's—it's it's weird. I can't see your face, but I can so sense sarcasm. I, I just. Oh.
1: Yeah, I—it just. No, he's got a, like I'm not even joking. He's got a laundry list of names here. And apparently, he worked for World Championship Wrestling as the Minotaur, and in Puerto Rico, as Sadistic Steve Strong.
0: I remember the Minotaur.
1: I don't. So I have you no idea. You don't that. want to. Man, he should have teamed with Mantar. Keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah, getting into the WWE stuff I don't want to stuff, swear
0: or... and give you stuff to edit. I don't want to swear at you and give you stuff to edit, so keep <laughs> moving.
1: <laughs> the next uh, Saturday Night's main event tapings will feature Rainy Savage versus Jake Roberts in a heel versus heel match.
0: So, if I remember correctly, this was a test because nobody would fully boo Jake Roberts. Yeah. This is yeah. what I him say on they... his, his own documentary. Now, keep in mind, Jake's not exactly the... Fountain, or not? I was gonna say fountain knowledge. What's that word? A bathroom. Really, like, yeah. yeah, you can't really take his word for it totally. But I did hear him say yeah, right. they were turning him face because people wouldn't boo him.
1: Got yeah, man, I love Jake Roberts, like I really do. But you can't, you couldn't believe him if his tongue was notarized, man.
0: Yeah, like guy uh, guys I was... got personal issues too. So I mean, that does, I mean, that does. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is because like people with that tend to lie. So
1: right. I just remember, you know, it's like well, when I came back, you know, I, I was as big as Hogan. They told me I needed to tone down so I didn't take his thunder. And I'm like, what the hell?
0: There was nobody in the 80s paying to see Jake Roberts. Now, they were happy to see him when they came to see Hogan. But...
1: Right, right. Well, plus, like, look at Jake Roberts. He was never in Hogan shape. Not even, like, somewhat close ever. It's like, whatever. Uh, But oh, the story did mention, by the way, that they were you know, most likely going to turn Jake face. So the heel versus heel thing wouldn't last, but
0: well, this is what month right here in 86 October. Yeah. Cause by WrestleMania three in a couple of months, he's face. So yeah,
1: right. Hey, trust him, man. I don't know why I always liked that back in the day where he'd be like, trust me. It is like, just like real creepy, like cult leader ish, you know,
0: You never trust a snake, but trust me.
1: Right. Here's God dang it. Here's one. Mega Man Tom McGee will be coming into the WWF, oh, man. but he's coming into the WWF after doing a tryout match with Bret Hart in Rochester, and apparently stealing the show. Yeah, and then, uh, <clears throat> come Did, to find out...
0: Didn't, well, come we to agree, f- didn't we agree that that match was just like, okay?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, but... Well, the thing is, everybody pointed out, they're like, well, come to find out, you know, uh, Vince was looking at the wrong guy in the match. <laughs> <laughs> like, Brett made this dude look awesome. And, and it was all a credit because, to Brett because Brett is awesome. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it was all a credit to Brett that he made this dude look like a great worker. <sighs> Whatever. He got him a job for like a minute. I don't think he did a damn thing. And Vince realized he's like, hot damn. I put him in the ring with anybody but Brett and he sucks. Like a man ass. Yeah, Tom Man ass McGee, man. Uh we called him that because during the match, like during all of his matches, he wore like real skimpy trunks and you just like
0: And the camera made sure you saw it.
1: Hell yeah, it did. (laughs) This this story also made me laugh. The honky tonk man character is a complete flop for Wayne Ferris thus far, since he's supposed to be a babyface, but he gets heavily booed wherever he goes.
0: So going back to the Jake the Snake thing, he claims that that's why they swapped, right? Didn't he say during the... Probably. The snake pit where Honky Tonk Man beats him with a guitar. It was meant to be a, a turn. Right. It was weird because it was a face turning on a heel and uh, something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, a snarky-ass Uncle Dave was like so damn uninformed. I know, shocker. But he put in some notes here where he's like well, Vince is still going to keep shoving him down our throats because this is his creation, therefore it must get over. And it's like, okay, number one, no, he didn't. He turned him heel, and it worked great. And second of all, this was not a Vince creation. The name, the Honky Tonk Man, is sure, and he tweaked the gimmick a little bit, but he was touring around the Indies, like in Canada and stuff, as Honky Tonk Wayne Ferris for a while before WWE ever signed him. So what the hell is he talking
0: about? What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, well, King Kong Bundy talked about that where he said he was in a locker room with him. and He's like, I look over and he's in this like tattered ass uh, Elvis suit that's all, all dirty and whatever that he couldn't afford to get dry cleaned. And I'm like, dude, uh, you need to hit it big, man. He's like, talk to Vince. And apparently he did. And Vince loves these goofy ass gimmicks. So, you know, he jumped right on that one.
0: Well, he did pretty well for himself, I'd say.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: The uh, greatest Intercontinental
1: champion of all time, man.
0: He's gonna say that even like at his own funeral in his casket.
1: Dude. Well, that's you know when the when the pastor or the priest or whatever gets up at the front of the uh, the reverend when he gets up to to do the eulogy, he's gonna say uh, Wayne Ferris who by the way was the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be in his uh ah uh, what do what, what you the obituary. There you go. The goat. Uh, Bret Hart's younger brother, Owen, is working prelim matches as a green rookie on the WWF's West Coast Tour, outworking everyone on the show by far. Well, that's... Look, I'm not going to say they're lying, but, you know, that's editorializing by Uncle Dave.
0: You don't say. I
1: I don't know if in 86, Owen Hart was outworking everybody in the WWF. Maybe? But it's like, who were they putting him in the ring with? That's what I want to know. But... Getting into the uh the territories here to wrap things up. This one uh, is just a weird story I had to include. Antonio Inoki's business killing freak show ended up drawing 11,000 people for somewhere between 800,000 to 1.2 million dollars. Quite a gap by the way, 800,000 uh, to 1.2 million. <laughs> what well, show is this? I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't find Anybody out there, I'm sending out an APB. If anybody knows what the hell this is, let us know. Uh, but it made it the largest gate in pro wrestling history. And Anoki pinned Leon Sp- uh, Spinks in the eighth round of whatever their match was supposed to be, cradling him after a double leg and getting a five count. Anoki wore boxing gloves, and the crowd was said to be very disappointed in the quality of the match. You don't say. Apparently, Leon Spinks is a boxer or was a boxer. i never heard of him. So Anoki kept up this boxer versus wrestler crap for a while. Uh, speaking of quality, the undercard saw Lance Von Erich, who is not a real Von Erich, by the way, make his Japan debut against Kengo Kimura. And that did not go over very well for him. Kimura basically uh, roughed him up and left him with broken ribs and broken fingers. Lance disappeared after the show and missed the rest of the tour. He finally called home to Fritz to check in, and Fritz told him to man up and finish the tour. But New Japan politely declined any future dates for poor Lance. Uncle Dave notes that most of it was Fritz's fault because he should have known that Lance was no legit has no legit wrestling background, and had no way to defend himself against the innovator of the Kimura Lock. If things went south, yeah, uh, I'd say so.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially with gloves on. What the hell are you gonna do with boxing gloves on?
1: No, that that was Inoki's match. Oh. He wore gloves. This one was yeah, it's, it's like, what the hell? You're going to throw Lance effing Von Erich in there with Kingo Kimura.
0: You just thought he always wore gloves? Okay, I...
1: Nah, well, with yeah, I don't know with Kimura, but yeah, th- this is a man. The Kimura lock, in case any of you don't know, is not like a wrestling hold. They use it now, but it's an actual MMA, like legit submission hold. So, but yeah, apparently the show was such a success that the plan is to come back in May with Akira Maeda versus Bruiser Brody on top. Apparently, the whole thing was so that the International Boxing Federation could get a foothold into the into promoting in Japan. And the price was sending one of their top boxers to do a job to Antonio Inoki. And I guess if you're at a job to somebody in Japan, that's the guy. But getting back to the States here, the AWA ran their annual Battle Royale show in St. Paul and only drew 1,500 people which was down from the 12,000 the year before. Wow. Yeah. So if you ask me, business is slightly down. <laughs> and that's in St. Paul, by the way, literally their backyard. Ugh. Tell me if you. uh. I don't
0: think This is the dying days yet either, right?
1: It's getting into them, but not quite yet. And keep in mind, by the way, yes, like you pointed out, there is worse yet to come. We're not at the precipice yet. Or the valley, I get the bottom of the valley. I don't know how to, you know.
0: probably have another phrase. It valley. Sir.
1: <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that was that was good. Stop me I if tried. you heard something. <laughs> stop me if you heard something similar to this before. Scott Hall no showed the AWA card and is strongly, <laughs> <laughs> and is strongly rumored to be headed to the WWF.
0: Okay, so this goes back that far, huh? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I had no clue, honestly. And no, in I thought it all started in WCW. I'm, I'm being real. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. Right. Apparently, a lot of people know showed AWA. So, you know, whatever. Par for the course. But no, he did not go to the WWF in 86. That wasn't until uh, was it 93?
0: Late 92. OK, it's late 92.
1: OK, so even I was off with that one. But yeah, no, he goes. I, I think he I I don't know where the hell he goes right now. Obviously, he ends up going to WCW eventually.
0: Yeah, the diamond stud.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, before this, he has to be Scott Gator Hall, you know, wrestling gators.
0: Yeah, because, you know, he's (laughs) a a white guy from, like, Arkansas.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, this isn't Sid, okay? Like, isn't he, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he legit from Florida?
0: I mean, maybe the gator thing is a Florida gator, but. My yeah. dear Gator, as a yeah. as a pro wrestler,
1: right? Yeah, I I really don't know. Uh, he was born in Maryland. That just makes it weirder. <laughs> like I don't think they get a lot. oh,
0: you, know, of... you know they all them Gator wrestlings in Maryland.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Uh, it oh, appears
0: It's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It appears that the Midnight Rockers are staying with the AWA for a while because the WWF doesn't seem to want them. Yet yet. Yeah. Uh, the, one of them would go on to be one of their biggest stars of all time. And the other one would go on to ask if it's OK if well, I may be related to this chick. Is it OK if I bang her? <laughs> Why is that the one you go to? Because that's the weirdest. I like the other ones. Don't get me wrong. They're all weird. But that's the one where it's like, what the like this? Is, you're literally Joe Dirt, Dude. <laughs>
0: He'll, he'll give me some good pointers, though, about being a white guy in an all-black club.
1: Yeah, right. Well, hey, hey, home is where you make it, man. That's all I got to say. Uh, spoiler, I'm not gonna... Marty,
0: they're not hating on you because you're white. It's because you're you.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, last story here is uh, another guy leaves AWA story.
0: This is to John... be a running theme here.
1: Right. And again, I emphasize, not yet dying. I mean, we're getting there, but we're not
0: there yet. The grave's being dug.
1: Yes. It's pretty deep at this point, but it's not yet at six feet. John Nord quit the AWA abruptly due to his wife having a little barbarian, and he's working as a car salesman for his family business while he decides what he wants to do with his life.
0: You meant Viking, right?
1: Yeah, well, he's a barbarian, Viking, whatever the hell.
0: No, there's an actual barbarian. He was a Viking. What was the other one? The Berserker.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, yeah, he's the Berserker in WWF.
0: He and... well, was also the Viking, but they changed it randomly, like, one like, week. I remember oh, that yeah. when I was a kid. I was, like, watching, like, wait, I thought his name was the Viking. He was just the Berserker.
1: Maybe trademark issues, I don't know. Uh, To me, like, I didn't realize this growing up, because how the hell was I supposed to know this? But looking back, I'm like, he was just a rip-off of Bruiser Brody with a Viking twist. Pretty much, yeah. He wore fuzzy boots, he had the hair, the beard, he went, hush, hush.
0: But did you know, Bruce Brody had Mr. Fuji with him? No. <laughs> oh <Therefore>, no. Plausible <laughs> deniability.
1: <laughs> yeah, that changes things. Good grief. Uh, he did, by the way. Apparently, he was fairly successful as a car salesman. He does commercials as the well in the Berserker gimmick for this car sales place. So good for him.
0: Why the hell would I want to buy a car from like a guy that like, looks like that?
1: Yeah, you see him. Coming I don't out mean to sell more than that. Like, like
0: the Berserker. <laughs>
1: Right. You see him coming out to sell you a car. You're like, son of like, get the
0: hell out. Go. Okay, that looks like the guy that's going to rob you of said new car. When you leave the lot
1: with his giant Viking sword.
0: <laughs> we're gonna uh, play with guns down here, boy.
1: What the <laughs> hell? It's in Minnesota. OK, up
0: here. Whatever.
1: <laughs> and they don't say boy. They say eh. a <laughs> whatever. They're almost Canadian. So screw them.
0: Anyway, we're going to take Not our Greg, Greg didn't say that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Well, Go we're going to take, take our next break. When we come back, we're going to dive into our first show. It's WCCW from 1986. Yeah, right after this. That so is. <laughs> yeah, is right after this.
3: Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod.
5: This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckbird on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on main event marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the man of it marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe And it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the
2: cream of the crop. Oh,
4: yeah.
1: Start selling
0: online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22
3: shopify.com slash free 22. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show.
1: And we are back. back. This is WCCW world-class championship wrestling. From October 25th, 1986, the venue was the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. The attendance for this, my God, the attendance for the Cotton Bowl in Texas. I'm going to emphasize that during the Texas State Fair, which is huge, by the way, was five thousand eight hundred thirty five. Well, hold on to your ass for this one. The show was actually considered a huge bomb. Drawing just over 5,800 people for the show. Headlined by Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher. The Cotton Bowl holds up to 92,100 people. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, Insert Jim Cornette's line about piss hole in a snowbank. (laughs) With this stadium show being such a miserable flop, Fritz von Erich is threatening to come out of retirement again against Abdullah the Butcher at the next big show on Thanksgiving with Kevin Von Erich defending the world title against Black Bart on the undercard. Well, yeah, because, you know, when I want to get asses in seats, I book Black Bart. <laughs> Maybe he was a draw in Texas. I don't know, but hot damn. <sighs> when we open the show, we get Bill Mercer on the mic, and we can see that there are not a lot of fans around that ring. Wide shots show the embar- how embarrassing this crowd using that word loosely really is uh mercer hypes what's to come on the show for us oh man got to get into this first match man it is crusher yurkov real name real name (laughs) with larry sharp in his corner taking on brian adias this one went just shy of eight minutes crusher yurkov is bam bam bigelow and he's wearing i
0: didn't realize that yeah. look, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to joke a lot because, man, this show was uh, something else.
2: Right.
1: It sucked. We'll yeah. say that. But he's wearing a plain black singlet with short legs and the words, I am monster, printed in white letters on the back. Cool.
0: Not even grammatically correct, but we're going to go ahead and pass that over. He's Russian,
1: Greg. God, insensitive bastard.
0: My <laughs> mistake.
1: The camera is at an angle throughout this entire match, showing thousands of empty seats in the arena. So the production department was clearly top notch. (laughs) Uh, A random guy walks through the crowd in a bright yellow hazmat suit at one point. No clue why. Uh, This one was a snooze fest, as you can tell by my notes not about the match. In the end, Yurkov hits a top rope splash for the win. I gave it a star. What the hell you give it?
0: I gave it a whole star because jerk off sucks.
1: I've never wow, I've never seen a Bam Bam Bigelow match this damn bad.
0: And you still haven't because this was not Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: No, well yeah, my bad. And keep in mind he's like, when is WrestleMania four?
0: Uh, this is uh, two years or so.
1: Okay, yeah, so it's like yeah a
0: couple uh, less than two years, but yeah.
1: Yes, isn't that the one where he had the the great performance in the tournament?
0: I don't know about great performance, but.
1: What was the show I'm thinking of then? He takes on like it's it's him and Andre and he's like rolling around the ring and crap. And like,
0: I mean, I know they they were on opposite teams at the Survivor Series. Maybe that's
1: maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I I remember he like busted his ass. Apparently him and Andre didn't get along.
0: That's when uh, he had Sir Oliver Humperdinck as his as his manager.
1: Yeah, right. And people people talk about that. They're like of all the managers he could have gotten. Humperdink?
0: It like, made no sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, big Daddy Dink, baby. Uh, but up next, Bill Mercer standing by in the locker room with Mike Von Erich and Fritz Von Erich. Look, we got a speak- real one. <laughs> not speak all of the dead here, but people really clearly only cared about Mike because his last name was Von Erich. I mean,
0: right? That's, I think that was the point, though, to be fair. Yeah. Well, in his promo, he
1: talks about coming back from his toxic shock syndrome and uh, recovering. That's what I, to- I was told that he had, by the way. I thought he had a stroke, and I was corrected on that. God dang it, he had, he had toxic shock syndrome. My bad. Um, but,
0: who talks like that? I don't know. Is.
1: Is. I don't know. Uh, but apparently that really offended a lot of people that I said he had a stroke. It's like, my bad. Good Lord. But apparently
0: Mike I is am taking- offended. I need to speak to your manager.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, excuse me, Karen. Apparently, Mike is taking on a guy named Spike Johnson, which just sounds like a euphemism for penis
0: Um, or like a drunk penis.
1: (laughs) Wow. Mike says that this is going to be the biggest challenge for him since facing Rick Rude. Uh, Fritz Von Erich says that Mike going from 140 pounds to uh, to 220 pounds within a year is a miracle. Bill Mercer now asks uh, Fritz about him refereeing the main event tonight at a cage. And Fritz says that he's the only man for the job and the match needs to have a conclusion in the cage. When Mercer asks Fritz if he's going to get physically involved, Fritz says that he hopes not, but if it's what needs to be done, he'll get involved. Well, yeah, I'm glad you clarified that, Fritz. <laughs> Up next is the U.S. Express. Not the USA Express. The U.S. Express. So, you know, they avoided copyrights.
0: I'm more As- fan of Alex Lex Express.
1: Wow. But this is Brad and Bart Batten. You know them uh, taking (laughs) taking on the young bloods of chris and mark youngblood went just shy of seven and a half minutes it's literally raining during this match because god is crying at how that the show i don't know
0: or laughing (laughs) okay don't just assume jeez (laughs) i love so hard you cry you know you think god can't do that
1: when Chris Youngblood was tagged in, I guess he was supposed to be doing a Native American war dance, but it just looks like he's going to, it was into a seizure.
0: Okay, how is this not offensive, by the way?
1: Because he's legit Native American. Gosh, there you can get away with it. He's an in indigenous peoples, Greg. I just think... <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know if that's offensive.
0: Like I'm sorry, he looked like he was cosplaying a Native American person, to me. Yeah. I mean, He looked he, like he was, like, mocking them. Nah, maybe not. Maybe mock's the wrong word. He just looked like he was he didn't know what the hell he was pretending, doing yeah like he's pretending yeah. to be native american this happens to have a really good tan i don't know something just did didn't yeah like weird well i laughed ha- too hard at this by the way that's another thing i shouldn't be laughing if, it tradi- if it's a traditional <laughs> thing you know what i mean
1: yeah Like, well like tataka actually did a war dance this guy just came in like yeah, right. spazzed out <laughs>
0: like, what the like, hell am i watching
1: <laughs> look i think uh, i think chris is passed away shortly after this so i i'm you know, making fun wanna,
0: of the guy yeah
1: i don't want to i don't want to ill wanna make speak of this. dead but
0: I just like, right i don't understand this whole thing
1: yeah but he has about you know a sloppy minute or so of being fired up uh and he does an up and over to one of the battens hits a bridging german suplex and pins him to win i gave it two stars because it was below average but it wasn't a one star let's say you
0: Eh, I gave it a one. And I hated it. wasn't <laughs> good. I have a
1: feeling you're gonna hand out a lot of them one stars tonight.
0: There may be a two coming up. You just hold on to oh. your ass. Oh, well then. <laughs> <laughs> but n- don't um. just there you go assuming again. It's twice <laughs> in one podcast, man. You're gonna you know you're in deep sh- deep trouble, buddy.
1: Yeah, deep do do. But up next, Mike Von Eric is standing in the ring with a microphone and he runs down how one year ago he was driven to the ring in a convertible because he was too weak to walk on him or walk himself uh mike then thinks the crowd and says that it's because of them and their encouragement that he's there today
0: All <sighs> this has right. is... come off as very contrived to you
1: oh, of course absolutely but i will say this is made even sadder by the fact that they're like what an inspiration this guy is and he killed himself like ah. Like, they kept playing that. I think, like, they even announced him as, like, the inspiration or whatever. i like, and then he, shoot, I think he shoot him, shoots himself. Like, it's very See, it's sad. Hard,
0: it's hard watching this, too, knowing what's going to happen to a lot of these guys. That that part. Right.
1: right? I mean. Yeah. A lot of dead guys on the show, man. And it's, it sucks.
0: I mean. Not by natural I know, causes. I was either. just say I know it's like 1986.
1: But, like, you know, no. I know. Still rough.
0: This I want to make like, that clear, by the way. I don't. People think we're. I'm not laughing at any of this. I'm, we're no, laughing not. at the show. The show sucked. Yeah. No, the pe-
1: Yeah. No. It's very sad about the people. I'm like. I'm honestly like heartbroken about a lot of this stuff. It sucks. Uh. But yeah. No. The show itself. Like holy god. But this match is Mike Von Erich versus Spike Johnson. Just shy of six man. minutes. Great. Right? <laughs> Uh, to me, by the way, Spike Johnson looks like if Jimmy Jam Garvin's big brother was auditioning for Demolition.
0: Okay, so I put on here, to Joey Janelle go back in time?
1: <laughs> oh, hell no. This guy was, like, huge. Well, I shouldn't say huge. He was large. All right? Joey is a little feller.
0: Hey, hey, have you seen Penelope Ford? He's large, trust me. Wow. Uh, I will say, the other
1: person, I was like, okay, it's either Jimmy Jam Garvin auditioning for Demolition, or... Uh, somebody put like uh, an air hose in Russell Brand's mouth. I, he oh. kind
0: of looked like Russell Brand. so much I can do with that, but I'm going to leave it alone.
1: <laughs> wow. <sighs> but it takes, by the way, it takes Spike Johnson like 10 minutes to get off all of his spiked entrance gear. Yeah. I'm like,
0: this and took hear, longer than a And here people thought Roman had a long entrance, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Seen yeah.
0: Nothing yet, folks.
1: <laughs> Well at least he's like posing and they're playing music and he's doing stuff. This guy's like taking and off. People care days. about him. <laughs> right, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. I, this is the only my this is the only note I took. Okay. This match sucked and Mike was really bad. One star. I can't remember what the hell happened now. I forgot to take a note.
0: I yeah, I gave her one I was like legit getting bored. At this point I'm thinking to myself, I need to message TJ and no, him we gotta change this. Right. Well I stuck with it, but I'm like, why is, are we covering this crap? And then I realized uh, the bread and butter of our show is the news. That's why I hung on to it. Right. <sighs> and
1: we're taking a look at a dying company here. So, uh, well, actually, not even just a company, but just the territories at large were dying at this point.
0: To be but, fair, they weren't dying. They were being killed. I mean, Vince it, was killing them. I mean, that's what everyone says. I don't know if it's true it, or not, but I wasn't. I guess I was alive, bold. but I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little of both. And, you know, everybody can argue about, well, what was the poison pill, whatever. It, but it's like, I don't think it was any one thing. The territory, you know, because Jim Cornette talks about, well, that's the way it should still be done to this day. Like, there's no possible way in the year 2021 that you can have multiple, su- very successful local territories throughout the country and the world. It's just not going to work like that. And, yeah. Not when everyone,
0: when it, like every every promoter and their brother is... Is hurt or was like uh, their goal was TV time. And yeah, uh,
1: I mean, the closest thing we have to it is going on right now. I mean, obviously, WWE is the top. And then you got AW below them. And then everybody, everybody below them is still doing well. You got MLW, Impact, NWA.
0: Well, uh, I mean, you really wow think about it coming back. When you really think about it, you can you can put Impact and Ring of Honor in the regional territory talk. Yeah. Because they really only stay in one spot. I mean they happen to, they go to a couple of places by happenstance, but they're really only in Nashville and Baltimore.
1: Yeah, right. So, and and uh New Japan is another one. So uh you know, I, I mean it's it's kinda. Yeah, to be fair, New
0: Japan's only gotten quiet because of the pandemic, I feel like, because they were going yeah. to lots of places, so
1: Well, yeah, of course. But still, I mean, it's in the name, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I mean they're always going to be japanese based uh and,
0: and as opposed to the one, old japan pro wrestling
1: you're right well there's all japan and then new japan so i don't know it's like well it's not all japan cuz you bring in a quite a few american but they're americans but, you know whatever and then as what much I... One of these
0: I, goes on my show
1: wow speaking of uh you know the local territories i mean, and you and i hate it but you got to throw it in there they are being they are pretty successful you know, sort of, is uh, GCW Game Changer Wrestling.
0: Like because of stupid Matt Cardona I'm making him matter. And not use that loosely, but.
1: Well, and now Moxley's in there too, and he's been making headlines. So. And then freaking Dark Side of the Ring had to give him publicity. Uh, I hate them guys. <laughs>
0: publicity now. and a glorified idiot. I think I you all know. know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, the bank addicted drug robber. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
0: I, I know re- he did not misspeak there. Okay
1: right uh i gotta i gotta ask did you take a note how did this match end i i forgot to write to take the note i was so Uh, my
0: note here is sucked that's it that's all i put
1: (laughs) well that does work
0: i Uh, don't want people to think i'm slacking here but man this was bad i was like god
1: i know mike pinned him i i don't know how just he pinned him but then after this mike von eric goes through the crowd after the match hugging women in in the front row and shaking the hands of the male fans That'd be funny if a man went in for a hug and he just puts his hand out. He's like, oh, oh, oh hey.
0: Keep in mind, this is 1986. Where that's, uh, you know, quote, weird back then. And I they're guess. in Texas. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, there's well, that.
1: is it just me or did Mike Von Erich somewhat resemble uh, uh, Richie Cunningham with a bowl cut?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark Davis. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They, hey, Mike never died. He just became Mark Davis. <laughs> All right, main event here, uh, it is Abdullah the Butcher with Gary Hart taking on Bruiser Brody in a cage match with special guest referee Fritz Von Erich. Went about eight minutes. By the way, I usually I get the times online. I actually timed this show myself because I, I couldn't find any time. Man, yeah,
0: you me. went full on with it, huh?
1: <laughs> yep. Hey, got to give them the quality they deserve, man. But Abdullah... <laughs>
0: Okay, my so Abdullah's th- in this, and you just said something about quality. I'm going to point that out. Uh,
1: I know. Well, my first note of the match, Abdullah absolutely sucks.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I watched this match thoroughly because I wanted to remind myself of why this guy was crap.
1: Yep. Well, he gets busted open eventually by Brody. Repeatedly kicked in the face. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that never happens. Uh, I feel like I was watching a slow-motion fight. I I don't know. Abdullah pulls out his fork. I know. I was shocked, too. And he jabs it into Brody's head, busting him open. The announcer pretends not to know what Abdullah has, even though he literally only ever uses a fork. Uh, Fritz tries to take the fork, and he and, uh, he gets hit by Abdullah. Fritz finally fights the fork away from him. Abdullah comes after him, and Fritz repeatedly punches him, apparently knocking him the F out. Knocking him colder than a banker's heart. He then drags Bruiser Brody on-
0: than a hug, right? What the hell? I don't know why but, I love that one the most.
1: <laughs> he then drags Bruiser Brody on top of Abdullah and uh the and uh, counts the pin for the Brody win. I-, I gave it two stars for below average. What say you?
0: I actually gave it two because it was better than I thought. So I bumped it a little bit because I was like, okay, well, they did stuff.
1: I know this is gonna sound. I don't weird, know what just- the hell this is
0: gonna mean but i'm gonna say best match on the card
1: (laughs) by default yeah look i'm gonna say this uh and it's gonna sound weird at first because abdullah's in the match but i expected more from brody yeah i don't know after the match gary hart gets into the cage and starts shoving fritz and yelling at him abdullah then punches fritz in the back of the head and fritz turns around completely no-selling it and shoves abdullah into gary hart fritz then slams the fork in abdullah's head tries to fork Gary Hart and then brawls with Abdullah as referees try to break it up. So there you go. They're setting it up in case Fritz decides to slap on the old tights again and Zeke Heil one more time. Yeah. Because for those of you that don't realize it, when he wrestled consistently, he was a Nazi character. Hence the name Fritz von Erich.
0: <sighs>
1: People forget about that. They're like, Oh, he's the patriarch of the Von Erich family, you know, res- uh, Texas wrestling legends. Like, yeah, he played a Nazi. <laughs> do you
0: try, I know I think they weird. want to forget that, but yeah,
1: I'm sure they do. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? The internet's forever, man. But we're going to take a quick break. That is the end of that show. Uh, I don't have any final ratings for it. I, I'm just going to say suck. F. F. Yeah. F. F minus. <laughs> F-. But we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to get into the news and notes for our second show up in 1988. Right after this.
3: Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook dot com forward slash Main Event Marks pod.
1: Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged
3: Sports Network. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast now back to the show
1: and we are back yeah we're back uh news and notes time from october of 1988 eddie gilbert had a bitter fallout and quit
0: slash eddie gilbert oh,
1: right? yeah right and he quit slash got fired from continental as a booker already Continental, by the way, is uh, the Florida territory where Dusty Rhodes with Dusty was from, baby. And if you ever see uh, what was that that show uh, uh, Great American Bash 1991 now in the archives, that world title, the WCW world title that they had there because Flair took the big gold. That's the the Continental title. They just slapped a different nameplate on it because they couldn't get a new belt made quick enough for the show.
0: Hey, all you need is some glue. You're good to go.
1: Yeah, Dusty's like, ah, that's all right, Daddy. I got a bunch of them in my closet. You can have this one.
0: That builds for somebody else. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. Uh, Basically, Gilbert and Paul Heyman, oddly enough, wanted to build a promotion into a competitor to the national TV players, which is why the TV show had to become so angle-heavy and serialized, whereas the people who owned the promotion just kind of wanted to be a minor indie. For example, the cost of sending the weekly tapes to stations across the country went from about $2.50 per tape to $7 per tape, and it wasn't a cost that the ownership wanted to incur. Oh, man, well, a whole
0: $4.50. Real <laughs> quick, be um, the budget. What's a tape? Oh,
1: yeah, a VHS, VHS for all of you out there. <laughs> uh, although when it led to tapes getting mixed up or not having arriving on time. uh Good Lord. Uh, Plus, crowds were down, and the other wrestlers were getting annoyed that the shows were so heavily focused on Gilbert and Dangerously. Uh, Go figure. History shows that perhaps they should have stuck with Gilbert's vision. The tournament to crown the first CWF champion is up in the air, although it will probably go to Lord Humongous because the owners wanted to push the hell out of him, and Gilbert was reluctant, which was another cause of the fallout. Uh, if I remember correctly, I mean, there were quite a few Lord Humongouses, but I think this one might have been Sid. He wore like a Jason mask and some like BDSM outfit. I don't know. Uh, basically, the TV show will be canceled and they'll just go back to running house shows. In fact, the entire promotion was gone by 1989 anyway. It was kind of a moot point.
0: We just spent all that time for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, here you go, man. The AWA pay-per-view lineup has been finalized with the final Jerry Lawler versus Kerry Von Erich unification match on top, plus a glow battle royal and a bunch of other BS that no one cares about. (laughs) This is in the archives, right? Yep, now in the archives. This is uh, Super Clash 3. I
0: believe the terrorist wins that, right? Doesn't she?
1: The battle royal, yeah. And she is a gorgeous woman. I was like, hot damn, she's beautiful. Uh, But yeah, that battle royal sucked. I think it had Medusa and Lady or not Lady, uh, Luna Vachon in it. It's expected that the CWF guys will now take part in the in this train wreck since Eddie Gilbert wanted to stay far away, and that's another reason he got fired slash quit.
0: it was just known as a train wreck. <laughs> yep. Uh,
1: if it's a success, then they're going to run a show in February. Spoiler: It sucked. <laughs> Although they did do a fourth Super Clash, I, I don't remember when it was, but yeah, and that fourth one was even worse. I want to say Mike Enos and
0: uh, Mike Enos, help? man, you know he's you know what he's famous for. He was in the uh, ring when Scott Hall debuted on Nitro.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I don't who know why that?
0: I had to point that out. <laughs> who
1: is who is uh, his tag team partner? Is Enos and?
0: Uh, Wayne oh. Bloom, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was Beverly, Mike. You know some
0: the Beverly Brothers and there were some other names too.
1: I think they were the Wrecking Crew before that. But I think and they couldn't they, say
0: Minnesota, right? Because that's taken.
1: Yeah. Right. That's uh, that's with somebody else, baby. Why is that like the fourth time we made that reference? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's with yeah. somebody
0: else. What can I say? It's true.
1: I think they I think they main evented that card, by the way. So that should tell you something about the quality of it. Here we go, man. We're not in '86 anymore. We're in '88. And Bam Bam Bigelow is coming to the NWA with Oliver Humperdinck as a babyface. God dang it.
0: So he leaves WWE with him, comes back in 93.
1: Yeah. The reason he left WWF by the way, uh, supposedly according to Bruce Pritchard was he he said one of the main main reasons was him and Andre didn't get along and he was like tired of Andre constantly messing with him. So yeah, I guess Andre beat the crap out of him one night, and he was, and he literally grabbed his bags, left, and was like, nope, I'm done.
0: There and then, oddly enough, he comes back, I believe, right after he dies.
1: Yeah, right. He's like, oh, is the big man dead yet? All right, I'll come back. <laughs> not, I'm not laughing at the death. I'm just laughing at the coincidence. Anybody out there thinks I'm being insensitive. The Road Warrior's heel turn is imminent. And Uncle Dave thinks that turning on Dusty Rhodes will be the most effective way. And they well, did.
0: Well, it doesn't work that much. <laughs> I yeah. They still get cheered like hell.
1: Yeah, they do. Like, nobody wanted to boo them. And then eventually they just give up and they're like, fine, they're baby faces again.
0: To me, this, that tells me, uh, no disrespect, but maybe Dusty wasn't as big as he thought he was. <laughs>
1: uh, yes and no. Uh, I, mean,
0: I mean, come on, that tag g- team couldn't be booed from beating him up. That tells me. There's something wrong there.
1: Yeah. This for anybody that doesn't know. This is the famous where. The famous thing where they blind him in one eye. By taking the spike off of their shoulder pad. And jabbing it into his eye.
0: If you want to see what that looks like. It, go back and look at an AEW show. I believe Jericho did that right. Or someone yeah, did it to Jericho.
1: No Jericho pulled the spike off of his uh, his leather jacket. And jabbed it into Moxley's eye.
0: His pain maker jacket. Yeah. You're yeah, right, idiot.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and then Moxley got the inner circle back by doing it to Santana with his key his car keys, I think. Yeah. But uh stuff ironically enough, this was around the time WWE was doing the eye for the eye eye for an eye thing. (laughs) Which, you know, that was great stuff.
0: (laughs) I don't know what was better. (laughs) Wow. Uh every has both eyes all of a sudden again, you know, miraculous surgery. (laughs) It grew back, Greg. That's how it works. You can't grow back a missing tooth or a cavity or something. We can grow back an eyeball.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. That's how it works in WWE land, man. Uh, The NWA United States Tag Team titles will be decided in a tournament brawl for sweeps in November since the Midnight Express had to vacate them when they won the World Tag Titles. I think this is like the one and only time they win the World Tag Titles.
0: Oh yeah, it's kind of odd. Jimmy Cornette had no problem with them having multiple tag titles then, but now it's a big problem.
1: Yeah, right. Well, his his reasoning back then, he was like, "Well, one of them's
0: a lower level tag title, one of them's a top tag. Gotta win what? one to get the other. One of them's RAW, one of them's SmackDown. They're both brands, idiot. One one of the sets of tag titles came out of a box, so they were over."
3: But anyway,
0: the title that Big E holds right now literally came out of a box, so it is over.
1: Hell yeah. uh well speaking of uh you know the guys who dropped the titles to him Tony blanchard and arn anderson debut for the wwf as the brain busters next week managed by bobby heenan and feuding with the rockers yep i don't know i don't know Uh, why i didn't put it together until years later that their manager is the brain and they're the brain busters
0: brains busters
1: yeah right how did they not do that one like uh, that would have worked I don't know. I like Brainbusters better, but.
0: <laughs> you I always those? hated that they had no music. I don't know why that always bothered me. They didn't it have music? Oh. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that one. In fact, I, might, I think nobody in the Heenan family had music. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Map, but I feel like Mr. Perfect and Rude finally got some, but like, early on, none of them did.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because I remember watching old uh, an old Mr. Perfect match, and it came out to
0: nothing. Yeah, like, and then uh, uh, what? John Studd didn't have any, Andre obviously didn't have any, yeah. Yeah, kind of weird. I don't know. Do you remember them?
1: I, I mean, you were fairly young. Do you remember the Brain Busters popping up in WWE? When
0: I started, like when to, to, to when I can remember, I always say it's like around Survivor Series 88, is when I start, or not 89, I should say. I start getting memories of wrestling, which they were at, but not totally because he had failed that drug test and he was gone, so he didn't replace them in that one. Oh, so yeah. that's the extent of my memory as a kid of them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say, I was, I wanted to know, uh, but like I said, you were fairly young at the time, so it's not like you would remember, but yeah, it's like I didn't know if you knew him from NWA and then you're like,
0: ah, definitely you not at? that, no. Matter of fact, I actually, it's, like, it's actually the opposite way. When Arn went back, I don't even remember totally as a kid, honestly, because like I said, he was gone so I was serious. But right. when they were back in WCW... I knew Arn for sure, from WWE.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, he was one half of the Brain Busters. Now he's uh, with Ric Flair.
0: Yeah. Which was the first right. time for me. I didn't know they had history, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Moving into the, the territory stuff here, but still kind of sticking on the, the Crockett territory here. The Jim Crockett-Fritz Von Erich negotiations completely broke off and are dead. Basically, Crockett wanted to buy the world-class TV network and gut the territory, whereas Fritz just wanted to use Ric Flair to come in for some matches with Kerry. Kind of a big gap between what they wanted.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you have to admit, they went right for the top.
1: Yeah. I, I I just like how Fritz is like, look, we just want to be able to use Ric Flair to come in and wrestle Kerry and, uh, and Jen, J- Jimmy Crockett's like, oh, wow, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to completely gut your territory and take your TV slot. <laughs> like, hot... Damn, dude, that's like going right for the jugular. And in '88, well, I mean, we're about to talk about it on the show, but it's like, uh, did he really? Did Fritz really think it's like, well, we can come back from this?
0: Who I mean, when you're out? running any company or or anything, you know, you ho- you have the mindset that you could come back from. I don't want to say yeah. death, but for lack of a better term, like death of the business.
1: Yeah, and I think he had. It's hard to like admit
0: a- that you're something you put money in is going away, you know.
1: Right. Well, I think he had a lot of faith in Kerry and Kevin to, you know, carry the territory, too. But
0: yeah, but then like a year, Kerry would be over many people would argue where he belonged the whole time. So there you go.
1: (laughs) Speaking of negotiations falling through, Jim Crockett's offer to pay of uh, paying off debt at 40 cents on the dollar didn't go over very well with Bill Watts, who was owed more than three million dollars from the UWF sale. Watts may be willing to accept in exchange for the no compete clause of his contract going away. However, uh, it's not the
0: best UWF. But
1: <laughs> wow! So when he wants the no no compete clause to go away, uh, UWF's dead at this point, I think. So I, what is he wanting to go to WWE or start up a new you territory?
0: Said, you said no. You said three million dollars, right?
1: Yeah. Which blows doesn't my
0: mind. typically a no compete clause you still get paid, uh yeah, so what the hell could he have lined up that would match that
1: uh the only thing I, I can think of uh, he, I
0: don't want you know, you can keep your money, but I want my no compete clause lifted. What the hell was he gonna do that was gonna equal that?
1: I'm thinking he wanted to start up a new territory or he wanted to go at go work for Vince. It was the only two things I can think of.
0: How long was the no compete clause did it say no. Yeah, I like, think, it can't be a standard 90 days right because
1: it was you know, probably indefinite i i really don't know wrapping it up here though uh last story i got apparently kevin von Erich has been suffering from a series of concussions and doctors have told him that he should retire uh he would not i don't know when he finally stepped out stepped out of the ring do you know he's still doing commercials for stuff over in like israel
0: i've heard this yeah. For
1: people that don't know, this is the weirdest damn thing of all time. I've, I, it blew my mind when I heard this. World class was huge in Israel. Apparently, they had a deal with a television company or something. I don't know how it worked, but their TV was on over in Israel. So I I want to say they did some shows over there. And that was like the only place overseas they could go, because that's the only place that knew who the hell they were.
0: That's very random.
1: It is. And they're still famous over there to this day, to the point of, like I just said, Kevin Von Erich is still doing commercials for crap over in Israel.
0: Still giving the claw to people.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah, he is. Hey, work what you got, man. But anyway, that wraps it up for the news and notes. We're going to take our uh, second to last break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into this last show, which honestly isn't that long. But now you know why we put two shows on one right after this.
3: Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at MainEvent underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash MainEventMarksPod.
5: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your
0: name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, Same mother and father. Your room was...
5: Oh, we share the room Share the room For We right? share the room I Thought I knew your face Yeah we go yeah. way back mate yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then uh, We have we do, we do a podcast We do a podcast What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah that was planned Yeah, uh, yeah well. What do we do? You spell it with a k so you take it easy.
2: Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts Catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages... This is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers.
3: Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Main Event Marks podcast. Now back to the show.
1: And we're back. And we're back. It's World Class Championship Wrestling from October 1st, 1988. Uh, By the way, the the air date is not when this like actually took place. It's like all pre-recorded stuff from like a week or two before. Uh, But this was at the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. I don't know the attendance for this one. I I couldn't find any records. But we've got two commentators standing at ringside to introduce the show. I didn't catch either one of their names. One of them is named Harvey, I think. I don't know.
0: White guy one and white guy two.
1: Uh, Excuse me. The other guy was black. So you're wrong. Did I watch the the right show? Maybe. I don't know. October first,
0: nineteen eighty-eight. I might be, I might be thinking about the announcers on the last show.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, there was only one white guy in the last show, so that one was easy to keep, uh, keep track of.
0: Dude, seriously, this these shows suck so bad, I was completely out of it. So I'm not gonna lie. But.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, the black guy, by the way, was very excited about this show, which I look put over your products, but like he was like, he acted like he was at WrestleMania. Uh, no, this maybe was this not... was
0: the WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, first show, or first match on the entire card, by the way, is Jerry the King Lawler versus the Modern Day Warrior Terry Von Erick. It's a title unification match for the AWA and WCWA world titles. This went 13 minutes 46 seconds. Uh, Percy Pringle is the ring announcer for this one, and he announces that if someone gets disqualified, they lose their belt. By the way, Percy wrote, Pringle,
0: who is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all uh, you know, he he's uh he. He didn't come out of a box. He he
0: he came out of a casket. Oh, yes. Hey, isn't a casket just a
1: box? Hey, hey, yes, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this was a very blonde Paul Bearer. Uh, is it weird seeing him as a ring announcer? But he wasn't terrible, just not the best I ever heard. Uh, but by the way, they never say title, championship, none of that. It's just they say belt. Throughout the whole show, everything
0: oh, in, yeah, it's the belt, their pants,
1: damn straight. But the referee for this one had a sweet ass mullet.
0: My first note. Way. And then there's <laughs> a couple of kids in the front row too with some sweet mullets too.
1: Oh well, hell yeah, you're in Dallas, Texas in 1988, man. They better have, be rocking that uh Tennessee top hat.
0: That thing was yeah. high and tight.
1: Damn straight, curly in the back, man. He he put some work into it. That's all I got to say. He doesn't. Man, I don't use them frou frou sissy things, you know the the uh, the hair products from the store like girls. No, I just get some axle grease and slip it in there. Good Lord. (laughs) But uh, there's what I'm assuming is security standing around the ring, but they're all dressed like they're going to the rodeo. Or they're Texas Rangers. Yeah, I'm like, uh, what? Lawler has taken a few pages from Jackie Fargo's book, so I'm assuming that Fargo never wrestled in Dallas. (laughs) Like, he's seriously, like, he was doing the strut. He's doing a couple of his other moves. I'm like, dude, you're just, like, in Jackie Fargo mode tonight, man. Anybody well, doesn't that, know... isn't
0: that one of his heroes?
1: It is, yeah. Uh, Jackie Fargo, by the way, is the one who... that That is the strut that Jeff Jarrett does. It's not Flair's strut. If you go back and look...
0: Well, I could be arguing that Flair's strut's not even Flair's strut. What's your point?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, but anyway... Uh, carry no cells, the pile driver at one point. I don't know why that that's always pissed me off. Every time I see it, I just like, ugh.
0: well, the referee well, going to do it. Why not the modern day warrior?
1: Oh, hell yeah, man. But the referee gets bumped when the two men start boxing with each other and he throws the match out, disqualifies both of them. I gave this two and a half stars. It was average. Let's say you,
0: I gave it two, and not to spoil anything, but this is the best match of the card.
1: <laughs> well, for sure. But this one, Honestly, if you guys want a better match, go back to the archives, super clash three, they did have a much better match on that card.
0: That's how you pimp the archives right there.
1: Yeah. Right. And, uh, and find out what Carrie did to himself when he got a little, um, uh, what it what the razor happy before the show?
0: I, he, uh, I was just going to say excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, let's just say he forgot he had his blade in his finger and, uh, uh, well, something happens that, you know, we talk about it on the show, but after the match, Lawler and Von Erich continue brawling. A couple of wrestlers hit the ring. Lawler charges at carry, but uh, accidentally kicks one of the guys right in the crotch. Uh, more wrestlers hit the ring to separate the two men. Frank Dusick, who I guess is an authority figure in WCW, grabs a microphone and says that under world class rules, both men have been disqualified and therefore have lost their titles. He then takes both titles to the back. Lawler grabs a mic saying, you better bring his belt back. You belt thief. Well, spoiler, he didn't bring it back. And Lawler just screamed and yelled after and uh, eventually went to the back. Uh, uh, This was setting up for Super Clash. So their return match is better. Up next, man, it is the Super Black Ninja. No, it's not what you think. And he's got Kendo Nagasaki in his corner. Kendo, Kengo, I don't know. He's taking on Vince Apollo. This one went literally two minutes. Super Black Ninja. Too long, by the th- way. They're right. You know who Super Black Ninja is, right? I feel like I do. It's the Great Moda. Wait, really? Was it? Yeah, go back and look. I mean, if, you can tell by his mood. I only know match, him as the Great
0: Moda, to be fair, but. Oh, I guess it's yeah. KG Moda.
1: But... Yeah. Well, he's got short hair here and a big goatee, but it's 1000% him. He does all of his moves, except for the mist. Uh, Vince Apollo looks like Tom Zank, by the way. Or is that just me?
0: The Z-Man. You no,
1: know, excuse me. Uh, he never really did anything after WCCW, by the way, other than jobbing in the WWF. Most notably, he faced Adam Baum in Bomb's Raw debut in 1993. So there you go. A little bit of <laughs> trivia for you. Uh,
0: He's so, not part of the Bomb squad.
1: No. He is not, but he did get i got to go
0: back and I gotta mark this. i got to go back and look. I didn't know that was great Muda.
1: Go back and watch everything he does in the match, and you'll get it. Uh, I mean, in
0: fact— Okay, but right well, there's not much to watch this match. the problem.
1: Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. Uh, but Ninja—well, he, he even does his handspring elbow in the corner thing.
0: Yeah, I just and, thought that was a uh, martial arts thing, though, no, to be fair.
1: Well, and that elbow drop he does on the ground almost looks like a people's elbow kind of, but it, like— because I was like, when he did that... Yeah, but like, x
0: Fox also does that too, so...
1: Yeah, probably stole... God dang it, he stole it from the great Muda. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the ninja destroys Apollo. He hits his backbreaker into the moonsault right there. And then uh, he locks in the skull claw for a pin and wins. I give him a star. Uh, maybe give it a dud. I don't know. What
0: say you? One... I felt it's just, it's didn't even, I, feel, I feel like I didn't even want to rate it because it was just over so quick.
1: I'm going to give it a star because everything Super Black Ninja did looked good. So you know, the
0: problem was you did
1: everything. Yeah, that's that's true. And everything looked good. So. But after the match, Nagasaki has to pull the ninja off of Apollo before they go to the back. Thank God he didn't stick with the Super Black Ninja. Yikes. But now Skandar Akbar is standing in an empty arena with a microphone, cutting a promo about how great he is. He wants to he wants to set a trap. It's a trap. I hope everybody gets that reference. Anyway, for uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy with the Botswani Beast and uh, Destruction Inc. Uh, But he then says he's going to have the Iceman go after Kendall Windham. It's funny that Skandar Akbar is all anti-American and such. And he's got a thick Southern accent. He's like you stupid Americans. And like he's anti-American,
0: but I think I think he was like a down-home Texas Catholic boy, if I remember right.
1: That's yeah. <laughs> and he lo- and he looks like I mean the way he dresses, the tan and everything, he looks like he's from uh, you know like Saudi Arabia or something.
0: That. Well, yeah, they build him from Lebanon, didn't they? Well, with that Probably. tan, man, he could uh, headline Sarkade though. <laughs> well,
1: Damn straight, man. Uh, but I'm next. Is he? Uh, uh, this one, they start in the middle of it. They only show you, like, the end of the match. It's the Samoan SWAT team of Fatu and Samu with uh, Buddy Roberts in their corner. They are defending the WCCW tag team titles against Michael P.S. Hayes and Steve Cox.
0: A real uh, name. <laughs> Steve
1: Big Cox. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, but if Hayes and Cox don't win, Hayes will quit the WCCW and buy everybody's tickets. So... <laughs> You know how this one's going. This starts right in the middle of the match. Hayes and Cox get the win after some miscommunication from the SST. And at this time, they look like the the SST looks like the, uh, the Usos because they've even got, like, the half face paint on. But after the match, Buddy, Buddy Jack Roberts gets in the ring to yell, why, to the heavens. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. <laughs> like, what the hell?
0: What what occurred that would have said that?
1: Because uh, he gets in the ring, he's like, what happened? What?" A-? And then he gets out his knees,
0: why? I mean, like, you saved that for something big. Like, nothing happened that would deserve that reaction. This is- they lost their belts in Tupelo, man. So what? I, you it, like someone just like, died or something. Or- yeah, their title rain. It died. I just thought it was really over
1: <laughs> the top. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, but... He is a free bird, so, you know. Anyway, uh, apparently he's a heel, and Michael Hayes turned babyface. I don't know what the F is going on. But in an empty arena, we're back to that now. Buddy Roberts is standing by with Samu, and not Fatu for some reason, screaming for a return match and claiming that the SST got ripped off. Samu shouts, Hayes, I kill you now! <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, okay, but well, Robert screams and carries hair. I'll get him. Wow, uh, but he screams and shouts and carries on, rambling and rambling. Uh, he was clearly burning time because he would not shut the f up, and he kept saying the same things over and over. Like, we get it. You need a rematch. You need. A, I want a return match. Like, shut up.
0: Return match, pal. Not a rematch. Yeah, right.
1: Uh, but now we're at the main event of the evening. Hold on to your ass with this one. It's <laughs> yeah, it is strap the, in. Ready, here we go. It is the light heavyweight champion of the world, flamboyant Eric Embry, taking on Kendall Windham in a non title match. No, not Barry, Kendall. This is a uh, you
0: know, part of the West Texas Rednecks.
1: Yep, this one went just shy of six minutes. Frank Dusick is on commentary, and it's hilarious to hear him claim. Give him a few years, and Kendall will be as big as Blackjack Mulligan ever was.
0: Yeah, about that. Sure,
1: yeah. Uh, well, he'll go in to prison a with Blackjack.
0: Be, in about a decade, he'll be singing rap's crap.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, and hey, before that, he's going to you know do a stint in prison with Blackjack for, uh, you know, uh, what did I say? Counterfeiting. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Wyndham actually was pretty good, but he was painfully thin and lanky. I think I texted you. I said, he looks like Barry went on a hunger strike. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: In the end, Wyndham rolls up Embry with a small package for the win. Two stars. What say you?
0: I, I did not like this. I gave it one star as well. I was
1: bored. Wow. Uh, I thought it was two. wasn't quite average, but it was uh, slightly, slightly blue. Uh, after the match, Eric Embry motions for Kendall Wyndham to get back in the ring. Wyndham looks apprehensive but when Embry puts his hand out to shake. Uh, they finally shake and Wyndham turns to leave and Embry jumps him from behind before running away. This did absolutely nothing, by the way. He, like, he didn't even beat him down. He just like ran up and was like, and then like ran away. And Wyndham was like, what the hell happened? I got you, last. Yeah. It's like, I hit you. What are you going to do about it? Chase me? na na nah. nah, nah. Oh. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, that's the end of that one. I guess we should take our final break and when we come back, there's no final ratings if there were F, <laughs> but we're going to come back
0: F and tell you what, for watching this.
1: Right. We're going to tell you what's to come on the podcast
3: right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Well, there you have it. You can
1: get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling
2: lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at com. That's com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details.
3: The Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Main Event Marks podcast. Now back to the show
1: and we're back and we're back final segment of the show uh coming up next week on october 27th we've got wcw's halloween havoc 1996 it is the 25 year anniversary of the show
0: spoiler we're gonna go from bad to really good so thank the good lord on that one
1: (laughs) what are you talking about uh, going from 91 to 96 yeah okay yeah uh i still haven't watched the show back yet i need to do that here soon and uh, Greg and I will talk about it. I'm I'm excited to watch this one because I've said before I love WCW in 96. At least, you know, the latter part of 96. So looking forward to watching.
0: Oh, that. what about the early parts with the, you know, online and Hulkamania? I mean, that was a hot thing, man.
1: Yeah, and the Dungeon of Doom. Huh? Sullivan, my son. You know, that was some good stuff, man. You know, high quality TV. You know, as a pure television viewer, I'm entertained <laughs> by this, bro.
0: Kevin Nash himself said WWE was, like, fighting to... You know, fight off that Dungeon of Doom angle, which was on fire, dude. So.
1: He jokes, but '96 <laughs> WCW was on top. So uh,
0: I think uh, the Dungeon I'll... of Doom you saw was in 1995 when he was champion, dude.
1: Yeah, right. He <laughs> was way ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, and you know who was Dungeon of Doom for life? Though was Conan.
0: Yeah, because that made sense.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's and that wraps up October. Uh, I'll tell you real quick some of the ones coming up. In October, because er excuse me, in November, this is going to be Turkey Month, man. Gobble, gobble. We're officially getting out of Halloween month, diving into, you know, the real holidays here With uh, in November. We are going to, obviously, it's Survivor Series month, so we got to touch on some Survivor Series. And we're gonna still
0: continue. debating whether I'm going to go or not.
1: So. Well, keep us informed for sure. Maybe some of the marks can hook up with you. But, well, or, you know, or not. It depends. It depends if uh, if Greg really wants to uh, do a meet and greet, man. You know, autographs are 50 bucks, man.
0: No, that's autograph and and a pick. Oh, yeah. It's 30. So and a bucket. Save. save my.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Anyway, in November, we're uh, starting off hot, man. We're going back to 91 for the 30 year anniversary. It's Survivor Series 1991. You have any memories of that one?
0: I do. I, I hated it because Hulk Hogan got beat by the Undertaker. Spoiler. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, no. How dare you ruin that show for us? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and, and Undertaker on top, man. That's that's awesome. What's funny is in a dark match before the show is uh, Chris Chavis Chavis. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but Tatanka. He He uh, takes on Kato in a tryout match. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, literally every match on the show besides the, uh, WWF title match are all Survivor Series elimination matches, so that's cool, but we go from that to, well, the next Survivor Series we're going to be covering is on November 17th, it's Survivor Series 98, which doesn't have one single traditional Survivor Series elimination match on the card. It's the Deadly Games tournament, bro, and I've never seen this, so I'm looking forward to it, There's a lot of matches on the show, man. Like, good Lord. 14 matches on the show. Yikes. Keep in mind, some of them are like less than a minute, but, you know, they're still there. But the week before that, uh, we got we're going back to night or excuse me, 2006 for the 15 year anniversary. It's TNA Genesis 2006. I wanted to watch this because it's the sequel to the Bound for Glory we just covered. And it's Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle for the first time ever gonna be some good stuff unfortunately our final show of the month is uh going back to WCW in 2000 it's mayhem speaking of speaking of tournaments bro wasn't there a tournament to uh crown the new champion or some crap
0: that was 99
1: what oh that's right mayhem 2000 uh any memories of that because I can't think of anything
0: not, not good ones
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, how dare you, man! On top, you got, you know, Scott Steiner and Booker T and Caged Heat, Goldberg and Lex Luger. Oh God!
0: <laughs> yeah, you're making me really anxious to watch this.
1: Yeah, I mean, General Wrecking's on the show, man, versus Lance Storm.
0: That match is that? Uh, I don't know if it was this one. No, that might have been. that uh, might have been another one. There was a match they had that was really, really good. I don't think it was this one though. No. Dude.
1: Man cow wrestles on the show.
0: Is that when he wrestles Jimmy Hart? Yes. Yeah, that match is spoiler, really bad. <laughs> you don't say. Don't worry, that... it's really short and sweet though. But
1: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, a minute and a half, I think. Lord, uh,
0: if I remember correct. correctly, though, I think was it Nash and Page. It's some duo the from event. the, uh, yeah, I was going to say someone from the Natural Born Thrillers. Yeah, those two. That match is actually really good, if I remember correctly, so.
1: Huh. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't all look crap, as much as we just took a dump on it. It doesn't all look bad. Hold
0: oh, so. on, uh, we, yeah, I, only you were. I was trying to find some good.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, touche. Uh, real quick, to wrap up November, though, the bonus show next month is set in stone. It's a bonus because we're covering a weekly show here. We're going back to 1996 for the 25-year anniversary of Pillman's Got a Gun on Pillman's Monday Night
0: Pillman's Got a Gun.
1: Hell yeah! It is WWF Raw from uh, November 4th, 1996. I don't remember any of the matches on the show, but the but the important thing is Stone Cold Steve Austin has tried to break into Brian Pillman's house while he's there injured and he's got a handgun. How's that going to work out, man?
0: <laughs> right.
1: So uh, it, it's going to end with Brother Love on the lawn telling the police, no, 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 everything's okay. We're, we're just, we're filming TV. That would have been a sight to see. But all right, man, uh, that's what's coming in November. Thank you for uh, being here with me for this one, man.
0: Yeah, no, it was something.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. But hey, it was something different. So, you know, whatever. But we will see you all next week on uh, Wednesday, where we bring you... WCW Halloween Havoc 1996, Hogan versus Savage.